great we are also now recording um ooh, yeah hopefully our battery doesn't die while this happens um anyway uh i'm harper i'm jonathan <laughs> we're just starting we're just starting okay, yeah great um this is hot guys authentic knowledge and feelings i feel it i feel it I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, whoa. But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. are so delighted to have a re- returning guest you may remember her from the before sunrise episode you may know her from one of her many podcasts inside the disney vault you've got hanks i need to talk tiktok and this is the mix it's rachel chapman <laughs> <laughs> i mean i should have jumped in hello but um it was fun watching you try to remember all of my mini, mini podcasts. <laughs> I did it, though. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, I'm proud of... I, I mean, you nailed it. Thank Sometimes you. I forget. I know. I can't believe This Is The Mix was the last one I thought of, though. That was... <laughs> yeah. Um, you were a guest twice. I was a guest twice on that one. I know. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been so lucky to be a guest on three of those podcasts. Um, I had a great time. Um you should go go listen to all of them people listening to this if you if you like this podcast you'll like those ones too i'm sure of it <laughs> yeah i feel like we need a nickname for people that come back on the show like what like a punny like, like name a hawk a hawk pun. based on like one of the movies or something oh uh-huh redestination oh that's good <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't uh, know i think it's funny yeah, some, I don't know, before, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm, I have no ideas. I have no ideas. But yeah, we should we should come up with that. Um, thank you for being a, a redestinationer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, so have you, has your relationship with Ethan Hawke changed at all since the last time we had you? It's been like, oh, it's been over, well over a year now. It's been almost two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started, um, with zero Ethan Hawke movies watched mm-hmm. and then now I'm up to three. Up to three. <laughs> nice. So, oh, you watched, so Reality Bites was the one you watched, right? Yeah. How, how did you feel about that? Did you like it? I loved it. I um I watched it at the beginning of quarantine and it um it had it just it was perfect. <laughs> Were you team uh Ethan Hawke or team Ben Stiller? I mean for Winona Ryder I was Ethan Hawke. Um <laughs> but I did like Ben it was surprising that Ben Stiller was like actually like I wasn't like, oh, of course, Ethan Hawke. I was like, I don't know, Ben Stiller's great too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We we're team Ben Stiller all the way on that movie. Yeah. 
um you know i love ethan hawk i think he was a real cutie back then it was yeah. it was fun to watch that movie but he is like such a, a real jerk dick, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean they both weren't great at times that's true but yeah ben stiller had his shit together mm-hmm. uh, and was nice and Ethan Hawke was just angry and moody all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They did have like a very, uh, you know, kind of iconic like romance scene at the end of that movie, right? Where he's like standing outside at the front door uh, and yeah. he comes from the airport or whatever. I forget really how that movie ended, but I know that it's like very, I'm I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, okay. cool. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. It's I did, a- and Steve Zahn was in it, so that was a plus. Yeah, Steve Zahn, uh, part of the That's Ethan Hawke and Tom Tom Hanks cinematic universes. Yeah, yeah. it's a crossover. A crossover. <laughs> yeah, he's um, Steve Zahn. I mean, he's just in Reality Bites, and then Good Lord, where is he in another? Oh, he he has to he's be. He's got to be. Yeah, he's in more. Oh, he was. I, he's in so many Ethan Hawke movies. I don't know what I'm saying. He was in yeah. Blaze. He was in. He's all over. Chelsea Walls, maybe. Probably. Probably. I don't know. I kind of wanted. I thought about doing a Steve Zahnathon and watching all <laughs> Steve Zahn's movies. That's so uh, good. Yeah, and there'd be a lot of crossover for us. There would yeah, be definitely. I feel like he he's been in like a million movies, right? Yeah. He's yeah, I feel like it would take a while. It would take a while. Um, I think my favorite Steve Zahn maybe is uh. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Yeah, he plays like a little funny Ikea monkey in that movie. Oh, cute. <laughs> right? Isn't that how you would describe him? He's like a little monkey. He's like a little ape. Sorry, they're apes. That has, he wears like this little like winter coat because he lives in a cold place. That is like the Ikea monkey. <laughs> I don't remember. Wow. That's oh. very cute. Yeah, we got to rewatch it. You should watch it. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, okay. maybe. Um. Yeah, but today's we're not a. This isn't a Steve Zahn podcast. No, no, it's an Ethan Hawke podcast. Um, and we watched Stockholm yeah. this week, um, which is really exciting. I've been waiting a long time to watch this one because, uh, this came out after we started the podcast, so we're fully we've entered the yeah. present. Yeah, you know, present Ethan Hawke for us. Crazy. I think it came yeah. out in 2019. Um, yeah yeah and it like i remember seeing the trailer and just being so excited for like new ethan hawk content because this was like our lives now where ethan was ethan hawk yeah <laughs> um and yeah it's it's directed by the same director robert boudreau who did born to be blue which is one of my favorite oh, really? ethan hawk movies yeah oh okay should have done some research <laughs> <laughs> yeah so born to be blue is another ethan hawk movie where he plays um chet baker so it's another biopic um it's a little different it's like angstier i might say mm-hmm. than this one um but i it was fun to see them work together again i think it's true yeah um it's got numi rapace who we love from all of the things right like uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, and that one Rolling and Stones music, music video. Yeah, that Rolling Stones music video. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so 
what what did we think about this movie just right off how did right we off know? oh my gosh yeah. i liked it <laughs> yeah i liked it too i yeah. thought it was fun like i don't think it like yeah i don't think it was like the best movie of all ever, time but like it's still enjoyable to watch yeah yeah, yeah. i like a um a good ending <laughs> <laughs> It was stressful at times, though. There was a there was a moment where I had to get up and go to the kitchen and get something to drink because I was stressed out. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I mean, it's yeah. It's about a hostage situation at a bank. Yes. Um, in Stockholm, the Credit Banca, as yes. they call it, and um, and it's the the situation where the name Stockholm syndrome came from. And they tell you that right off the bat. They do. They really make sure that you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, as if you didn't see that movie for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that's where it came from. Yeah, I learned something new. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I only hear about it when people are like, "Yeah, but Bell had Stockholm syndrome with the beast." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you think that's true? Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he keeps her prisoner and then she falls in love with him. So I guess so. Yeah. It's a pretty classic Stockholm syndrome. That's true. I just, I fully had never thought of that before. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've ever really thought critically about that movie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Now we can think yeah. about this through the lens of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We think about this movie. Yeah, we can think about this of, movie. Right. Okay. And, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic Beauty and the Beast scenario. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what we but should But not be enough food. Like in Beauty no. and the Beast, had more food. They had so much food in Beauty and the Beast and not a lot of yeah. food in this one. That's no, right. They're constantly hungry. Should have yeah. bought some, some Mars bars. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do Swedish people eat? Uh, the lingonberry jam. Yeah, he I should have just taken a little jar of lingonberry jam. Yeah, in his pocket. The Swedish meatballs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, IKEA meatballs. IKEA, yeah, IKEA food. But his plan was uh, loosely sketched. I feel like. Yeah, I don't think he he came into this with a great plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was improvised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not the greatest robber of all time, and we learn we they we learn this throughout the course of the film. One through like seeing his his plan kind of suck, and yeah. two, um, they once they figure out who he is because he's kind of in disguise. Um, they they know about a pa- we learn about a past crime that he had committed where he like ended up saving one of the people he was trying to you know rob. rob. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's just get into this movie. I'm so rusty. We haven't done this podcast in so long. I don't remember how I transitioned to anything. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Yeah, you were known <laughs> for your very seamless transitions, too. That's so. true. Yeah, I'm famous <laughs> for them. Um, well, do you, you could do this. Oh, I could do this? Yeah, yeah. do you want to do this? Well, we should say that it starts off, like I said, mm-hmm. right off the bat saying uh you know they called what happened with a stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. yeah it's no me oh, rapace no kidding no kidding yeah it starts with a voiceover which is so classic it wasn't ethan hawk voiceover though mm-hmm. we're very used to ethan hawk doing voiceovers at the beginning of about 50 percent of his movies oh yes. do you think he was upset he was like i should have 
than that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because after that voiceover from her, um, we get this kind of like montage of Ethan Hawke getting into character, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I'm sure he had a blast doing that. So he's like, I'm Kai. And then he puts on some sunglasses and a wig and he says, I'm the outlaw, which I thought was very. Yes. And Ethan his Hawk. jacket, he's wearing leather pants. Mm-hmm. A full leather outfit. F- leather jacket. And the back of the leather jacket has the Texas flag. Uh-huh. It. Yeah. Classic Ethan. He loves Texas. Yeah. <laughs> he managed to put a little Texas in a movie about Sweden. Yeah. The least Texas place ever. Yeah, there's kind of like a loose explanation of what happened there. Like he was born in Sweden and moved to the States and then somehow ended up back in Sweden. I was a little unclear on all that, but yeah, but that's why he has an American accent is because he was like raised in America. Yeah. Yeah. Was the real life guy American at all? Or was this just an explanation to get Ethan Hawke? To not have to do an accent. (laughs) Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't... I didn't do that much research on this. (laughs) Neither did I. I did briefly Wikipedia, uh, just a little bit of it, when I was like, this is real? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also to see if the guy was um, uh, good-looking, the real-life guy. (laughs) (laughs) Was he? Nah. <laughs> it was the normal Strog robbery. That was the name of the event, the mm-hmm. historical event. Mm-hmm. And it did happen at the credit bank. Yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It, it says he lived in Thailand for 15 years with his wife and son and they, where they ran the supermarket. Hmm. But Cute. that was after his the bank robbery, after he got out of prison. Hmm. I'm thinking maybe they put that in just to explain why Ethan Hawke had an American accent. Yeah, could be. That's could possible. Be. I, I, I love Ethan. Ethan, if you're listening, I love you. Please come on the podcast. But <laughs> I, he, I don't think accents are really his strongest uh, area mm-hmm. of yeah. acting expertise. So I think it's always best when he's just able to use his normal voice. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not very good at accents. Yeah, me neither. It's hard. It's a skill, for sure. And it's mostly, most of the time, even if you do it well, the people uh, are always like, ah, no, that sounds bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime Emma Watson tries to <laughs> an American accent, I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure. On, like, oh, she's, yeah. Huh? No, I was just going to say, you can tell in words like water. Water is the word where you could tell if someone's doing an American accent, if they're really British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've realized that British people, when they do American accents, they tend to go for like Southern because it's easier to do an accent on top of an accent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, I, I don't even know what normal American sounds like, but they're always like, I can do American. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's just one. Yeah. I think the other thing about the connection of like British and Southern uh, accents is like um, there are some like Shakespeare troops that do Shakespeare in like a Southern American accent because it sounds 
it sounds closer to what British English sounded like back uh, when Shakespeare was alive. Whoa. It's like, it's not exactly the same, but there are some things that translate a lot easier to a Southern accent than like a British, a contemporary British accent. Oh, is it like more sophisticated Southern accent? Like there's different Southern accents too. Ah, yeah. language is so difficult. It's complicated. Yeah. And I think, I think it's because it's like, you know, the Southern accent is kind of like, you know, what is close-ish to like the British it's not exactly the same but it came from the British accent that people had when they came to America and like the you know 16 1700s when they came to the south in America so it's like descended from, it's it's like a, a separate descendant from like Shakespeare British than current English is anyway wow so fun interesting yeah I would watch a documentary on accents. <laughs> yeah, I would too. That would be fun. It's Hollywood. We're waiting for this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so Ethan Hawke has an American accent in this. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, made that decision. Um, and yeah, he so he holds up this bank. It's... You can tell he's kind of he's he's deep down he's a sweet boy. He holds this uh, he holds the door open for an old lady as he's on his way the, way out, and then he walks in. He sets down his bag and pulls out his machine gun and just holds it holds the place up. Yeah, and he lets a bunch of them leave. He lets almost he just, everyone go. Yeah, he just wants like two hostages basically. Yeah, he keeps two employees. Yes, and there's a third one later on, but who gets found? But but accidentally. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a real minimalist when it comes to his hostage uh, technique. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. He just wants the pretty girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I did also think it was kind of wild that he just held up this entire bank by himself. Yeah. You know, it feels like bad strategy to just go in by yourself because like someone could just take you out. Well, this is, you know, Sweden. It is Sweden where they've never Texas, had crime before. If he was doing this in Texas and he pulled out his gun and <laughs> everyone else in the bank would just pull out their guns, <laughs> it wouldn't end as well. But yeah. Sweden is a less crazy place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a lot of this movie is kind of about how poorly they handled the situation because they've never had a bank robbery in Sweden before, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. Well, they were saying like this is the first ever hostage yeah uh situation in sweden's history mm-hmm. seems like a nice place to live though it does seem like a very nice place mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. and a great bank too yeah a beautiful bank i trust them mm-hmm. with my money <laughs> um this episode is sponsored by credit bank. by the credit banca yeah credit yeah. banca yeah um yeah, and then we have another, really immediately, we have another really Ethan Hawke moment. Um, a cop comes in and tries to take him down, and Ethan Hawke shoots him in the hand, and uh, um, then he has the cop, like, sit down and sing into his walkie-talkie along with Bo- a Bob Dylan song that's mm-hmm. on the radio, and Ethan Hawke says, what kind of person doesn't like Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> it's classic Ethan Hawke. Um I I I wonder if Ro- that was all Robert Boudreaux or if he, you know, worked this out with Ethan Hawke at all. 
Because it just feels like so like every Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I mean, character. I was looking at the uh, the Wikipedia about this guy. Uh huh. And these three, this well, this is kind of spoilers for what happens later, but that's fine. Hopefully, people watch this movie. But it's uh, it sounds like a lot is kind of similar to what happened. Uh, he calls the Swedish Prime Minister, saying he won't he would kill the hostages. Um. And he says, he walks around the vault and sings Roberta Flax Killing Me Softly. Hmm. So he has a kind of musical, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And on August 26th, the police drilled a hole into the main vault from the apartment above. And Olafsson fired his weapon into the hole on two occasions and wounded a police officer in the hand and the face. Crazy. On August 28th, police used tear gas. And Olsen and Olafsson surrendered after an hour. Hmm. So it sounds like a lot of what the characterizations and the actions were pretty similar to what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, like an interesting uh, just historical event. I guess there's just not a lot of need to embellish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Just in the relationship. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Kissy kissy. Yeah, the kissy kissy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we get another. uh, This whole first section is really just super Ethan Hawke to me. Yeah. Um, I have I star every time I write down a quote that's like an Ethan Hawke potential most Ethan Hawke line. I put a star next to it, and I have lots of stars on my first page of notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But he says, "You can call me the outlaw. Remember the Alamo." Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, <laughs> just another reminder that he's from Texas. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so he finally makes some demands. He wants... Uh, the, well, really the only demand he makes at first is that they bring him a guy named Gunnar Sorensen. Yeah. Who's, um, you know, the most successful bank robber in Sweden or something. Um, yeah. And, and the guy's in jail, so they have to get mm-hmm. him out. Yeah, so they get him out of jail and bring him to the bank. Um, and, and this bank is like it's this it's a very kind of unusual setup because usually like when you imagine like a hostage situation in a bank, you think all the cops are on the outside of the building mm-hmm. and all the bank robbers on the inside of the building. But that's not exactly what's happening. There's cops on the outside of the building and there's the guys on the inside of the building. But there are also cops inside the building, too. And so they're like, they're coming up and down these stairs from like the second floor of the bank. And they're just like occasionally talking to them. So it's kind of a interesting, like he lets them set up. He lets the police set up in the bank. And like they just have Mm -hmm. like a dialogue back and forth. Yeah, it kind of adds to the humor of the situation because it's like cops that don't really know what they're doing and a yeah. bank robber that doesn't really know what he's doing. So, like, no one really knows what they're doing. They're all just doing their best. It's yeah. true. It's true. I think they're doing a good job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who, everyone? Yeah, everyone's doing a good job. Everyone's just, you know, having fun, doing their best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah good team effort everyone (laughs) um yeah so when they bring in gunnar it kind of complicates things a little bit because gunnar has like uh 
you know, some kind of deal in place with the police. And yeah. I think like Ethan Hawke knows that he's like, what did you know? What did you promise them? Um, but at the same time, Gunnar and Ethan Hawke, whose name is actually Lars, um, they're like old time best friends. Yeah. So they have like, a, you know, they have a very deep relationship. So he's kind of just like figuring out where he falls between the cops and Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, also, I should say Gunnar is played by Mark Strong, who we love from Kingsman and other things. And they gave him hair. Yeah. And they gave him hair, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm used to him looking like a like a hot Stanley Tucci. Not that Stanley Tucci isn't hot, but yeah. Mark Strong is a hot Stanley Tucci. That's how I feel about him. He's like a more villainous <laughs> looking Stanley Tucci. Yeah, that's true. This should be like a spy movie with both of them. Ooh. Where like he's the clone experiment gone wrong. And Stanley <laughs> Tucci has to like go after him. That would be fun. <laughs> I don't I don't think either of them would like that. But that's okay. Yeah. Um oh and then Stanley Tucci and Mark Strong do have a, a Colin Firth connection though. Cause Mark Strong is in Kingsman with Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci is in a movie that's coming out this year with Colin Firth where they're an old gay married couple and one of them is dying and it's sad. Hmm. What? Yeah. And they couldn't get any actual gay people to play. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that does sound cute. Yeah. It seems sad. I don't know. We'll see. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll watch it and be emotional because they're very good actors. But yeah, that's true. There probably are some old gay men who could have done that same part. Yeah. Oh, well, Hollywood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so after Gunnar is there, they start making like actual demands. Yes. And Gunnar, like he asked him why he didn't deal with the cameras yeah and he's like uh i thought we'd be here like i thought we'd be in and out like i figured it wouldn't be a big deal Mm -hmm. so then gunnar goes to the control room and that's where he finds another guy who's hiding there Mm -hmm. named Um, a love yeah so that so that means now that they have three hostages they have what were their names i don't remember uh clara a love and um bianca bianca yes Yes, yeah yeah so they have three hostages and there's the two bank robbers well one robber and one sort of robber Mm -hmm. one friend yes (laughs) plus one yeah um yeah so they demand like a million u.s dollars unmarked (laughs) and um which, you know, I'm sure would be difficult to get a, your hands on in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Like, that definitely adds time to, you know, the situation. Um, but then they also want a Mustang 302 like Steve McQueen had in Bullet. Yeah. Um, just real even <laughs> hawk once again. Which is a ridiculous car for, for a getaway. A getaway because it's, you see it and it's like a, it's a, two, it's a coupe. Yeah. It has a backseat. It has a two door. Yes, they have to like let the let the chair down to get them in the, yeah. into the back. It's very ridiculous. Silly. Like you, you uh, think you just like want like a inconspicuous four door, mm-hmm. 
but he's he's all about the the feeling of the robbery and yeah that's about the uh you know mm-hmm. logic of it yeah can i just say i hate two-door cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's such a hassle it's so annoying and it just it, it, it's like you can't be sleek or cool when getting in the back of the car yeah and i feel like i'm since i'm short ish you know like i always end up being the person that has to sit in the back if there's a two-door mm-hmm. like i never get to sit in the yeah. front that's sad. So, so well i guess it'd be more sad if you were tall and you had to sit in the back it is yeah it is so i get it it's fine yeah and then when someone puts the chair back down they always slide it too far back and you're like, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that's true yeah, all cars should be four doors. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who had a three door car. It three was door impossible. No, it was like a a weird like factory. <laughs> I don't know something. Wait, 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 wait. So it was supposed to be a four door, and one of the doors they just, just forgot to put it. One of the doors like for show, basically. So if you pulled it, nothing would happen. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a three-door car. <laughs> wow. That's the most That's ridiculous goofy. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm sure that a two-door hatchback is considered a three-door car, That's right? That's true. Yeah. Do they make two-door hatchbacks? But you don't get in the hatchback, though. You could. Yeah, but they, they, they consider my car that has a hatchback like a five-door car. But really? Really? You're not getting it through the back. Yeah, like unless it's like one of those. That's what they should have gotten. They should have gotten one of those station wagons oh, with the like yeah. the back seats where you can sit Ooh, back there. I love yeah. those. I like those too. If I if they could if they were small, I mean, it, I like small cars in LA because I can park anywhere. But I do like a big car because then you could take naps in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were watching um, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving the other day on thanksgiving the day and uh <laughs> and um they had like a big station wagon that had the back like the backward facing seats in the back except for it wasn't just that they also had like side seats it was like the biggest station wagon you've ever seen mm-hmm. oh fun what a fun movie that's what yeah. they needed in this car you know yeah yeah oh well they went for cool <laughs> they sure did yeah yeah so yeah the weird like negotiation between police and bank robbers continues and at one point um numi rapace bianca her husband is there and wants to talk to her (laughs) and the scene is so funny she he's like let me take your place and she's like no well uh, the bank robbers say no yeah right and then they ask why and ethan hawk says because you're not a fox (laughs) yeah and they keep having to hold him back yeah the husband um but she ends up like giving him like really like fastidious cooking instructions uh you know like how to there's fish in the fish in the fridge and he just needs to like cook them on one side for four minutes and the other side um and then there's also the lingonberry jam and she just keeps on going on for a really long time until finally like ethan hawk's like all right that's enough yeah but she's like uh She's kind of, start, you know, it's it's like kind of funny. And then she starts like crying a little bit. And it's like, you know, the reality is sort of setting in that she might not make it out of this alive. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like when she starts thinking about like her kids and her home and all these things. Yeah. But they're more they're more afraid of the cops than they are of the robbers because the cops are being there's certain times where they're being kind of aggressive and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're escalating it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that she explicitly says to the husband is don't tell the kids. Yeah. About this. And, and he fucks it up. Yeah. Later, we, she gets to make a call to him and we find out that one, he didn't even cook the fish. He didn't cook Ugh. the damn fish like she asked. And Ugh. two, he told the kids. Yeah. What a, what a mess. That's when I'm like, you should leave your husband for Ethan Hawk. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> It's the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jonathan, like you mentioned, there's this whole thing where he, where Ethan Hawke talks to the prime minister, which is based on the actual events. Mm-hmm. Um, he threatens to kill Clara, who's like the other bank employee woman that's ho- being held hostage. Um, he threatens to kill her if they don't let them leave with the hostages because basically what's happening at this point is the police are like we'll let you go we got you the car but you can't take the hostages with you and they're like well no because if we don't have the hostages with us then you'll just like you know detonate the car or like you know we're totally in danger so you have to let us take them with us um and then he like shoots but doesn't actually shoot her um and the police are kind of starting to suspect, I think, because of this and a couple other things, that he's he's all talk and yeah. he won't actually kill anyone. Because at first they figure out who he is and then it turns out that that's not who he is because the guy's in Hawaii. Yes. And then they read because he's pretending to be someone else. With he's a, pretending he has to a be wig, Kai. He has a hat. He has a mustache. And then they figure out who he actually is. And they r- r- realize that he like, you know saved the person that he was trying to rob mm-hmm. so they're like oh he's not gonna kill anyone and he then ethan hawk hatches this <laughs> insane plan to shoot bianca yeah so yeah so they got these bulletproof vests to protect them on the way to the car but then he decides that he's gonna use one he's gonna put bianca in the vest and then they're going to trick the cops into thinking that he killed her because he's going to shoot her while she's wearing the vest at like pretty close range. And, um, and then she, um, so they actually do this. They don't tell anyone else that they're going to do this. So they go and they do it. And, um, they're standing in the lobby. The cops are like on the stairs and their, their cue is that he's going to say her name. But he, like, clearly <laughs> forgot that that was the cue because he yeah. keeps, like, repeating her name. And then she's like, now? And then she, like, starts running away and he shoots her mm-hmm. and she falls down. And then the cops start shooting at him and he starts shooting back. Yeah. And then he picks up her body and takes it back. And there's blood because, you know, she was still shot even yeah. with a, even with a bulletproof jet. I mean, vest, we, we like- saw training day. We did see training day. That's true. And that plan didn't work as well that time either. Yeah. It's that not dude a great died, plan. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But they shot him with a shotgun too. So That's that was a true. little different. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So he thinks he actually killed her. Yeah. And he's freaking out. And it's, uh, it's, you know, upsetting until she wakes up and everyone's like, how did you think that you killed her? Did, like, did you <laughs> check? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then he kind of explains his plan to everyone. Mm-hmm. And and it was based on something that Gunnar had done before, yeah. or so he thought. And Gunnar was like, no, I never did that. Are yeah. you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then because they think that she's dead, um, they put a microphone into the vault. And this scene was funny because mm-hmm. then they were like all acting like she was still dead and she was being yeah. quiet. Yeah. It was like a fun and then, game. And you get to see them like all really bonding, you know, yeah. so this is where, you know, like obviously they've like, it's been a slow progression of them like all starting to like trust and like care for each other mm. in this weird scenario. But at this point you could really see that they're all like on the same side here. Yeah. Yeah. They're and all they, smoking and, and eating a pair, one pair. Together. Yeah. They're splitting one pair because they aren't getting any food. Yeah. And like she even becomes, uh, well, this is before they think she's dead. So, but she even becomes kind of like a negotiator on behalf of the the hostage, the robbers cuz she like tells them like if you let us if you let them leave with us we might live you know mm-hmm. like she says that to the one of the guys that's uh he like works for the Swedish TV yeah, to a journalist who called into the bank. And yeah. So they're like on TV live. And, and she, she even ends up talking to like the prime minister because they like patch him through. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of when everyone, everyone's attention kind of turns to like this idea that the uh, hostages are acting in an unusual way. Yeah. I like that she calls out the prime minister because he he was he didn't care. Yeah, that was. Ethan Hawke was like, "I'm gonna kill one of them," and the prime minister said nothing. It's like your prime minister doesn't care about you. Yeah, that was messed up. <sighs> wow, it's very relatable when um, <laughs> you know the leader of your country doesn't care about you. That's so That's true. It's true. And the cops are escalating things when they could just, you know, like, be chill, you know? I'm just saying. Wow. That's, That's also true. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Although, at least in defense of Sweden, it was only, like, five people that were, yeah. in, you know, in imminent danger in this situation. And for us, uh, you know, like, a quarter of a million Americans are uh, dead now. So yeah. That's fun. That's true for us yeah. um so sweden still looks like a good place to move to yeah definitely mm-hmm. uh yeah also talking about how great sweden is their prison at the end of this movie yeah spoiler alert ethan hawk ends up in prison after he robs a bank and yeah. holds people hostage it's what usually happens it is what usually happens um but we get to see the prison and I, you know, I, I knew this because I took a class in college about, like called uh, writing about crime and criminals. And we talked a lot about like solitary confinement versus like different, you know, prison systems and stuff. But um, in Sweden, like their like jail cells are like a single dorm. Yeah, in the it, looks like a dorm, yeah. it looks like a it's dorm. It's nicer than like some dorms. They have a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He has like bookshelves. Yeah. TV, I think um and they like get to wear kind of normal clothes and walk pretty freely and they don't have like you know because it's just incredible it's just incredible yeah what happens when you don't like have a whole economic system based on keeping people in prison at the high quantities 
Yeah. You know, it's true. Also, I read that the real life guy only spent 10 years in prison. Yeah. That's uh, not bad considering. Yeah, that's definitely not what he did. <laughs> I mean, this year flew by, so I could do nine more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, well, and he had talked about, in the movie, he kind of talks about the different times he had been to prison before, so it seems like he kind of was always doing these, this same kind of level, well, not this exact level of crime, but he'd been doing kind of mid-level crime for his whole life, and he just kept getting in jail, and then getting out, and going back in, and getting back out. Yeah, and he says, once you figure out how to make money the easy way, it's hard to go back. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so things get pretty heated, literally. Um, after the whole thing with the the mic and the vault, they like blow up the mic. Yeah. And um, the cops know that they know, and then they go down. One, the, the chief of police goes down and like tricks them and closes the vault door, so then they're stuck in there. Right. Yeah. So this isn't the first time that they were in that vault. What happened before was they they voluntarily went there the first time because they knew that the cops were like in the building, mm-hmm. so they wanted a place to hide that the cops couldn't get into. Mm-hmm. So they go to the vault, and then they leave the vault. And the cop is saying uh, the chief of police knows that she's not dead and she's in the vault, right? Yeah, that's later. I wasn't even like there yet, but yeah. No, because when they trick him, they trick them to get into the vault. That's after that all happens. That's after. Well, but he tricks. Well, they're already in the vault first time, the first time, and he closes the door on them, and that's when he's like doing oh, the drilling. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. yeah so yeah, they're yeah. drilling in from like the top, from the it's like the second level of the bank. They're drilling through the ceiling into the vault, um, and like they're Ethan Hawke's freaking out because he knows this means that they're gonna like open a hole just big enough to get tear gas in there, so yeah. that they all you know pass out. Pass out. Um, yeah. He thinks it's gonna make him go crazy. Hmm. And so, but until the point that they get through and are able to tear, to gas them, um, they are, they turn the heat up really high so that they're all like, you know, they're all really, they're getting like sick from being so hot in there and like not getting any air. And then once they get through and they know the gas is about to come through, Nomi Rapace actually comes up with a plan to um, put nooses around the other two hostages so that if they do gas them, they'll end up ki- the the cops will end up inadvertently killing them. Right. Because they'll, they'll pass, they'll out, pass and they'll out and hang. Themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is very smart. Yeah. It was a great idea. Yeah. And so then that's when they're able to get out. But then, this is when they realize yeah. that no, your face isn't actually dead. And the chief of police is like, "Oh, let's just gas her just enough to see if she's still alive." And they almost make it out in time, but then they do realize she's alive. And so they are like, okay, we can actually take care of this right now. And so they shoot out his tire, the tire. They're all the way in the car, yeah, the bullet car, and they shoot out the tire. Um, even though all of the other cops are like, just let him, let them go. But the chief of police won't let it go. Um, and they bring them back in and then 
uh, get them all the way back into the vault and then gas them all. Yeah. It's bonkers. They tri- they they get him to go back in the vault again. Yeah. And they start yeah. gassing them and he's like, I'm going to shoot her. Um. So they stop again. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And then once they all come out, like they're, you know, the all the hostages like surround Ethan Hawke with their bodies to like protect him because they don't want him to be shot right away. Yeah. Um, and one of the cops is like going to kill Mark Strong because they're they're in the vault and no one else is there. But uh, but he doesn't do it. Yeah. But he looks he's like, like he's going to. We had a deal. Yeah. None of them got hurt. Mm-hmm. so deals on right yep <laughs> big thinky on that one yeah yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah and so then ethan hawk ends up in swedish prison and nomi rapace just can't stop thinking about him and she visits him Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering if that was like a, gonna end up being a conjugal visit situation because they had talked about it previously about how they got like prostitutes mm-hmm. uh, for their conjugal visits um, in Swedish prison before, and they were kind of like making fun of the one hostage Elov for kind of being a prude about it. Um, <laughs> so we know that's like a thing, and I was wondering if that's where it was going, but we don't actually see that. <laughs> yeah, but there's maybe an implication. Yeah yeah um and there's also earlier on there's a scene where they like mark strong and ethan hawk fight they're like brawling basically Mm -hmm. because uh i forgot what they were arguing about but i think it's when they're being tear gassed right i think that was a little before Uh, because they're like fighting each other and then she like grabs the gun and points it at them yeah, I think that, like, Ethan Hawke is maybe um, concerned about Gunnar's, like, allegiance to the police. Right, 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 right. And so they kind of get into it. But they it doesn't really seem like it's just about that. Like, because the way that they're fighting is, like, they're children. Like, they just kind of, like, keep hitting each other over the yeah. head and then wrestling to the ground. <laughs> you know, like, two people that have known each other their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it does get pretty close, and they do both have guns, and then Nomi Rapace picks up a gun and stops them. Yeah, she's like, stop fighting, boy. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the movie, she's like, I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. She has great glasses. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I loved loved the looks. (laughs) Big old square 70s glasses. But I did check to see if they were prescription or not, and it looked like they weren't. It looked like they didn't have any like glass in it because you know, <laughs> you know like when you shoot a movie and sometimes you do glasses with no glass so you don't get a reflection. Oh. Yeah. I, I was lo- I mean, there's times that, I mean, I could see but you can tell when it's prescription cuz then you could see through the lens their face is a little mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Not it didn't happen. Those were fake. They were <laughs> just accessories. Next, you're going to tell me his machine gun was fake. No, they definitely well. had fully loaded weapons on the okay. set of this movie. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Got to yeah. keep it real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this this movie had some kind of middling reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them were very positive about Ethan Hawke, though. Um, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yay! Go, Ethan! Go he just Ethan. gets to be like 
fully ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, Manola Dargis from the New York Times, she said, Ethan Hawke is the best thing about Stockholm. This is the first line of her review. And towards the end, she also says, um, Boudreaux gets a great deal of help from Hawke, who takes hold of the movie from his first scene to last. Uh, and lots of nice things about Ethan Hawke. So... Well. We love Ethan. we love praise for Ethan. Yeah, I mean he's the reason why I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, us too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. If he wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Yeah, unless it was Tom Hanks, then I would have had to. <laughs> that would be fun. I, I was can't just... imagine Tom Hanks playing like a bank robber. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that would be fun though. Yeah, he should. I think he could. Well I, think he could. I think it's just like it is against what he's you know doing with his career. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he played yeah. a cannibal. In what? Uh, Cloud Atlas. Oh. Yeah. Was he a bad guy in that? Uh, there was oh, there was one really bad guy in that he played in that movie where he threw a guy off the off a building. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe, that was funny. <laughs> maybe he can be meaner than I than I give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other time when he was really mean. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the only movie. Any other time that he's been a bad guy, it's been not great because you know it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, maybe. I mean, debatable, but you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's a different kind of. Yeah, but that's different. He's not like awful. He's just a capitalist. <laughs> yeah. He's just, you know, he grew up in a in a in a privileged family and his his father and his grandfather weren't great and didn't, you know, and he taught him bad and you know, I just go <laughs> <laughs> He redeems himself at the end of the movie. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, what did we think were our most Ethan Hawke lines in the movie? I mean, I said like five, but um, do we have any any winners? Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, my, my big ones are what kind of person doesn't like Dylan and yeah. uh, you can call me the outlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my big ones. I'd have to agree. Rachel, did you have any? Um, I didn't write any down, but I agree with those. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is just like full Ethan Hawke, like just having having fun being in the 70s, you know, just having a good time. Like there are some times in this movie where he just like fully is screaming Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's just what he wants to be doing. You know, he just wants to let loose and scream at people a lot, but like in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me too. Yeah. But I have neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) i will say when i first uh saw the um, image of this movie i thought it was rose Byrne. oh i could see that yeah because she's got kind of like similar vibes visual vibes as naomi rapace and she had the uh, big glasses in uh she did have the big glasses in mrs america Mm -hmm. when she was gloria steinem yeah she looked really good in that movie i mean that show um and rose byrne was in juliet naked with ethan hawk yeah oh see there's the connection yeah 
I think you'd enjoy that movie, Rachel, if you're looking for another Hawk movie to watch. Okay. I'll it's add fun. it to my list. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I thought was kind of interesting, so there's this... Um, inter- I don't know if it was an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, if they were just like reporting on some event, but um, it was some kind of thing where Robert Boudreaux, Ethan Hawke, and Nomi Rapace were talking about this movie. And Ethan Hawke said, we're really making a drama launched off this idea um calling uh said hawk calling the experience of acting in the film one of the best he's ever had he says it's such an unusual place to set a love story the guy robs a bank and falls in love with his hostage and she falls in love with him briefly maybe weirdly it's a movie i haven't seen before which like that is kind of what happened that is technically what happens in this movie but i don't really view this as a love story Mm -hmm. like i view it as like a you know like a true crime movie yeah um and it's it's just so ethan hawk to like think of it as think a love of story. it as a love story yeah, yeah. <laughs> also has he seen beauty and the beast <laughs> <laughs> bringing it all back bringing it all back yeah. i wonder if he if he's a disney dad i think he shows his he watches he probably like, watches like buster keaton he does something. yeah i know that for a fact he yeah. does so nah, you, you don't you don't need the the animated stuff just go back to the classic stuff you know <laughs> you just got it's so good you know yeah. that that's yeah. how he does it do you think he likes classic disney though maybe i don't know we'll have to well, we'll when have comes to ask on, him we'll when ask he comes him, yeah. on the show we'll say ethan now what do you have your kids watch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh, I feel like Ethan Hawke would be a fun voice for like a Disney Pixar kind of animated movie. Like if he played a character, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how you could get me to watch another <laughs> Ethan Hawke movie. <laughs> yeah. Disney. Yeah. And then we could do an ITDV Hawkeyes collab. Yeah. Crossover. Crossover episode. experience. Most ambitious crossover event yeah. in history. <laughs> Well, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? Sure. I have to get my computer, which is over there. Uh-huh. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a hawk fact. Rachel, would you like to do a hawk noise? Caca! <laughs> that was very good. Jonathan, Thank I'm you. sorry you missed, missed it, it. But it was great. I'll just have to listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so... In this movie, are you on Tumblr? This hawk fact is on Tumblr, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a real source. Wow, well, that's fun. Carolina Raptor Center rehab blog. Fascinating. But they have their blog. Their on blog Tumblr, is a Tumblr, which okay. is very endearing. Yeah, I mean um, it's a free blog. Exactly. So it makes sense. Uh, so what happens in this movie is that the Stockholm syndrome happens. Yes. And yeah. the woman falls for, not just the woman, the the dude too. They all fall for Ethan Hawke. They <laughs> fall for the person that they're not supposed to, basically. He, yes. And they develop an emotional attachment through his, you know, s- sexiness. Yeah, his and sexiness danger. and charm and danger. Yes. <laughs> and uh you know that can happen to uh hawks too when can they it? uh fall for when they develop an emotional attachment to people that they're not supposed to mm. it's called imprinting 
and i've talked about imprinting before like in breaking dawn yes yeah um, but basically <laughs> what it is is when a bird if a human finds like an, a bird let's say it's injured and they take them in they start taking care of it uh the bird will start to identify like is this my mummy mm-hmm. and uh like fly away home yes wow jonathan have you seen fly away home no as a burgeoning bird expert i would really recommend it uh, yeah yeah and uh imprinting is uh, generally not a great thing for birds because it means that they can't be released back into the wild because they won't have their it, uh you know like when you haven't seen someone in a while or like when you haven't been around people in a while and you go to a party and you like act all awkward and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happens to birds if they are like with other birds after they've imprinted on a human. They're just like, oh, they're, they'll be like really socially awkward. Um, and reversing the imprinting process is impossible. These birds are bonded to humans for life and will identify with humans rather than their own species. However, imprinting on humans does not mean the birds will be friendly towards humans, nor does it mean they will necessarily enjoy being near humans. But human imprinted birds have no fear of people, and this lack of fear can sometimes lead to aggression. Uh, It's not unusual for an imprinted bird to exhibit territorial behaviors towards humans just as it would members of its own species. This is as per wildlifecenter.org. Uh, human imprinted birds also frequently have a difficult time communicating with other birds of their own species. Vocalizations, postures, and fear of humans are all things that birds learn from their parents, siblings, and other birds. They will typically not be accepted by other birds of their species. Ultimately, imprinted birds find themselves in a gray area. They cannot appropriately interact with either humans or their own species. And uh, imprinting is part of the the uh, process for falconry. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you want your bird to go, like, fly in the sky, you want it to be able to come back to you. And if it identifies you as its family, it will come back. Um, So, birds who are human imprinted are deemed unsuitable to release back into wild. And what happens to them is they usually will end up in, like, a wildlife center where, like, someone will, the experts will take care of them. So the Wildlife Center has several human imprinted birds, including Gus the Barrel Owl, Jazz the American Crow, Edie the American Kestrel, and Buttercup the Black Vulture, which is very cute. Mm. Uh, And so there's some things you want to do if you want to avoid getting a bird to imprint on you. Mm -hmm. As per (laughs) crcrehabblog.tumblr.com, they say replace hatchlings back into the nest if at all possible. Use a surrogate parent of the same species to help raise them. Never talk around young birds. Uh, Wear camouflage when feeding orphans or cleaning their kennels. You should cover your face, body, arms, and hands. Use a species-appropriate parent puppet when feeding. So I assume that means like like a literal like Uh sort of puppet that looks like (laughs) a bird. Uh, move birds outside as soon as possible and use a food hatch try to f- place in the birds in groups of the same species and also the same size and weight so a lot of what you have to do is basically like make them feel like they're being raised by birds and they won't uh 
hopefully won't imprint on a human. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, hawkwatch.org, wildlifecenter.org, and crcrehabblog.tumblr.com. Great. Thank you. Yeah. That reminds me of um, not Breaking Dawn, but another young adult novel that i read um from the shadow hunters series um ah. which i forget which one it was probably city of glass or something where they talk about this but or city of bones the first one i don't know they're all actually pretty good except for you have to really ignore the fact that it was based off of ron jenny harry potter incest fan fiction <laughs> but really yeah th- yeah that series that's what that series is, was originally it was kind of like a 50 shades of gray situation where it was like fan fiction first i got you know they changed the names of the characters and like did a whole world building thing so it's like totally different but originally that's what it was that's uh, hilarious yeah but anyway so the main character jace he was raised by his evil father valentine (laughs) (laughs) valentine uh had him um gave him like a hawk or some some kind of falcon to uh to train um and then he he's he was a sweet boy and he ended up teaching like you know like loving the bird and like you know like having it like a pet and then Valentine killed it and was like, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to train it. And so then he got him another one that he had to, like, cruelly train. Aww. That was sad. Wow. Poor kid. Anyway, that's Shadowhunters for you. Yeah. Bring back Shadowhunters. Ugh, I wish. What a perfect show. <laughs> and by perfect show, I mean a hot mess, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. It's hashtag okay. save shadow hunters on free go comment save hashtag save shadow hunters <laughs> and all the freeform accounts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still get to see Isaiah Mustafa on the twenty five days of Christmas or whatever. He's on the freeform ads. Santa. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, do we have any other thoughts about Ethan Hawke or Stockholm or? anything um i thought it was fine um i if you if you are looking for something to watch mm-hmm. in quarantine it kept my attention which is very hard nowadays <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i'm trying to get through the crown right now and it's very difficult i watched it all in like less than 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> it's just i'm just like oh and then I have to get up and go somewhere. It's just like, uh, it's a lot. And then also I spend most of the crowd just Wikipedia and whether or not it was true or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that problem too. I, I often look yeah. up things as they're happening. Like when that dude got blown up on the boat, I was like, did that really happen? And that's exactly how it happened. Uh-huh. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So crazy. Yeah. And then also I'm in the middle of the Margaret Thatcher episode where she goes to take that test or whatever and it's just embarrassing and I can't (laughs) hard to get through yeah yeah but Stockholm was not hard to get through it was very entertaining Mm -hmm. it was a good 90 minutes yeah yeah it was short it was the same length as a as a decom Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah Yeah. if you like if you like crime movies Mm-hmm. I think this has some good tense moments. Definitely. Yeah. 
and it was very like cool 70s vibes like mm-hmm. i liked the i feel like we didn't really talk about this, but the color scheme was kind of interesting it was like kind of like washed out a little bit but it was still very 70s mm-hmm. even though i feel like most of the time when you see 70s in movies it's like very orange Saturated. Yeah. yeah very colorful orangey but it still had the same kind of effect even though it was very pale mm-hmm. yeah and all the men had long hair yeah there was one cop who had long hair and he really struggled um during like a scene where they were like shooting or something because his hair could be <laughs> in his face it's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I feel like so many people now in quarantine have long hair. I feel like we can all relate to that. So true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I've been Harper. You can find me on the internet at Harping About on Instagram and Letterboxd and Twitter. And something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk is uh oh, I just finished uh bake off the newest the latest season of bake off ended and i felt quite positively about the results and that's what i'll say on that uh wood wreck <laughs> um yeah so jonathan where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside okay. of ethan hawk uh, i'm jonathan you can find me on the internet and uh a thing i've been enjoying is um oh i saw this video this is kind of interesting on youtube you know, like, there was this, like, Twitter thread about how, like, some historical events are not as, like, far back as you thought they are, mm-hmm. you know? And so one of them was about how Rosa Parks died in 2005, which means she could have watched Trek. And then <laughs> another one was about how, which was not that surprising to me. Like, she had, like, a lawsuit with Outcast. Like, I know that they, I know that she lived a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was about how the cleopatra lived closer to the opening of the first pizza hut than she did to the building of the pyramids wow which is crazy to think about it is crazy but the one that was (laughs) that i'm recommending reviewing because this was a youtube video Mm -hmm. was this guy who like this is in the 50s he was like 90 something years old and he went on this game show called like let me tell you a secret or something like that and basically the premise of this game show is like you have these celebrity celebrity panel and someone who's like a notable figure but not necessarily immediately publicly recognizable and they give information about themselves and then they have to guess who it is and so they get they they this guy's like oh i was uh I saw something notable happened. Like, okay, how old are you? It's like, I'm 95. And it's revealed that he was there when John Wilkes Booth shot Abe Lincoln. Whoa. So he was like... Yeah, because this was in... That show was in the 50s. The 50s, yeah. Yeah. So so the, the person that was there when Lincoln was assassinated was lived long enough to uh it's within one lifetime for you know tv game shows which is really crazy to think about crazy so if you want to watch a head trip youtube video just look up uh you know Lincoln assassination secret tv show (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) the algorithms are so good they'll know what you mean yeah yeah 
I was thinking about that kind of something like that recently. I watched The Queen's Gambit, and that takes place in like the sixties or whatever, right? Like the late sixties. That yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't watch it. I watched it. it takes I think so. place through a lot of time periods, but there's like one moment in the late sixties, and I was like, wait, my mom was alive then and she would only be like a like a like maybe like 10 or 15 years younger than what's her face in that <laughs> that's crazy to me mm -hmm. i don't know it's crazy to think <laughs> it's just crazy to think yeah. about it is crazy time yeah. man yeah yeah even some of the crown my grandma was alive for most of that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, The Crown, the season four, you know, it's all like, uh, you know, every everyone's mom was obsessed with Diana and Camilla and all that stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? So mm -hmm. that was very, very close, recent history. very close in history. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, Rachel, where can the people find you? What have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke? And do you have anything else to plug? Oh, well, all of the podcasts uh, that were mentioned before, you can listen <laughs> to them if you want or not. I don't know. Do what you want. <laughs> um, I'm Lady Tom Hanks on everything, even TikTok, which is what I've been enjoying a lot outside of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's what I've gotten into the most during quarantine and I've I've found a real new love for it this week. There's some really funny videos that I found that were very like there's this one with this kid who does an acting challenge and um he he so he's an acting challenge and then you have to say the blue lines cuz he writes that them out and he's like uh the blue lines are like are you Ethan Hayes the holder of the world record for most pencils thrown at a camera and he's like no no I'm not and he's like oh well you look like him and he's like well how many can you throw at a camera and he's like well I have three right here and it's like show me and then he throws his pencils at his camera <laughs> and that's it <laughs> really dumb but it makes me laugh <laughs> Can the people yeah. find that TikTok? I'm sure you can. I did I did a duet with him. So if you go to my Instagram, I posted it. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. And it made me laugh so much that I couldn't even say my lines because I was laughing so hard. Because <laughs> TikToks to me don't seem like designed to be like searchable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to find. Like you have to it's know, not... I guess, who the person that posted it is, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you, if you know, like the song, maybe, but right. it is very hard to find them unless you know what you're looking for. Like if hashtag you're like, FYP. Yeah, that's it. That's and hashtag FTP. That's right. File transfer protocol. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what this movie we just watched was about. FTP. A bit, yeah. True. Well, um, <laughs> you got lost there a little bit. Oh yeah, Rachel, you inspired me to post a TikTok too. I it was. I think I saw. Was it a lot? Did you do the line from the movie? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked it. Thank you. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was fun. I TikTok is scary, but I'm trying to just like do it. You know? Yeah. You just find something you think is fun and then you do it. And then also, I'm sure there's a million bird videos <laughs> that you can learn more about. <laughs> he made him so laugh so hard his headphones I fell off. Him. I'm gonna do the Oh like a DJ. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I, I have you searched Ethan Hawk on TikTok to see what videos come up? Uh, most of what comes up is like teenagers that are doing Dead Poets Society cosplay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Don't be mean. They listen to yeah. this podcast. You know the Dead Poets Society kids listen. To okay, this. yes. No, you're right. Thank you, kids. Yeah, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> I like. I know a couple that really do. So no, you know what? No, you know you shouldn't make fun of the teens for what they enjoy. Yeah, uh, that's, you shouldn't make fun of anyone for what they. We're enjoy. all finding yeah. what we like and who we are as people all the time, and that's uh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I will say do not insult teenagers because they will just throw back at you how old you are and make you feel really bad about yourself because that's like something that you can't change uh-huh. you know yeah. <laughs> that's true like they're like oh your hair sucks it's like well I can change that but then they're like oh you're 30 and it's like well I can't I literally can't do anything and it's only gonna get worse <laughs> so. that's true oh, teens just wait until you're 30 and then you can be like, oh, you're 30. And then they'll be like, well, you're like 50. The teens are, te- teenagers are always the worst. Um, but, you know, we all were teenagers. So we all were the worst mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like so. the My Chemical Romance song, Teenagers. <laughs> Isn't that about like dying or something? No, that's cancer, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just cut out the middleman and have a song called Teenage Cancer. Teenage Cancer, yeah. yeah no, make it te- even sadder. I mean, that's basically what cancer is about, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, but teenagers scared the living shit out of me. They could care less as long as somebody bleeds. Is the, That's oh, the line. Wow. Yeah. So. Accurate. Yeah. 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 Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on this very fun episode <laughs> of Hawkeyes. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, everyone go listen to all of Rachel's podcasts. And then uh, we're also doing an Instagram live together. Um, I guess this episode comes out like two days after the Instagram live will happen. So go check out my Instagram and you can see that we're talking about Elf. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.